Hello, um, so this is just a little bonus thingy here. Um, I am planning on doing a new episode, um, every other week to at least every month. I probably won't be doing one every single week just because of school and my life. So, yeah. But just know that I still care about each and every one of you guys, and I still love doing my podcasts. So, if I haven't posted in a while, do not worry. I am still working on them, and I have not forgotten any of you. It's just my life is a bit busy at the moment. So, I hope that you all enjoy your guys' week. And, yeah, I'll be coming out with some new ones pretty soon. And, um... Uh, my plan for right now is to at least try to do two a month. It will probably get more than that soon, but for just now, that is my goal. So I hope you guys enjoy your day, and yeah, that's all for today. Bye! This is my third episode. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the other ones. Today I'm going to be reading a horror story called The Russian Sleep Experiment. This story is very much full of gore and violence, so if you guys do not like that, I highly suggest you do not listen to this. Those who are excited and are ready for it, let's begin. The Russian Sleep Experiment. Russian researchers in the late 1940s kept five people awake for 15 days using an experimental gas-based stimulant. They were kept in a sealed environment to carefully monitor their oxygen intake so the gas didn't kill them, since it was in toxic, high concentrations. This was before closed-circuit cameras were invented, so they only had microphones and five-inch thick glass porthole-sized windows into the chamber to monitor them. The reason why they were doing this was because they had been, the five people were prisoners and um, they, they told them that they could either kill them, put them in jail, or they could keep them awake for 15 days on the gas and then release them and they could be free. What the prisoners did not know was that the people who had taken them did not intend to let them go out and free. They intended to keep them pretty much for the rest of their lives, excuse me, um, so that they could continue to do harmful and just wrong experiments on them because they were that type of um, people. Anyways, um, the chamber was stocked with books, cots, there was a toilet, and there was a bed to sleep on, but no bedding. There was running water too, and enough dried food to last all five people for over a month. The test subjects were political prisoners deemed enemies of the state during World War II. Everything was fine for the first five days. The subjects hardly complained about having been promised, obviously falsely, that they would be freed if they submitted to the test and did not sleep for 30 days. Apparently it was 30 days. Their conversations and activities were monitored, and it was noted that they continued to talk about increasingly traumatic incidents in their past, and the general tone of their conversations took on a darker aspect after the four-day mark. 
After five days, they started to complain about the circumstances and events that led them to where they were and they started to demonstrate severe paranoia. They stopped talking to each other and began alternately whispering to the microphones and one-way mirrored portholes. Oddly, they all seemed to think that they could win the trust of the experimenters by turning over their comrades so other subjects and the other subjects in captivity with them. At first, the researchers suspected this was an effect of the gas itself. After nine days, the first of them started screaming. He ran the length of the chamber repeatedly yelling at the top of his lungs for three hours straight. He continued attempting to scream, but was only able to produce occasional squeaks. The researchers postulated that he had physically torn his own vocal cords. The most surprising thing about this behavior is how the other captivated captives reacted to it. Or rather, they didn't react to it at all. They continued whispering to the microphones until the second of the captives started to scream. The two non-screaming captives tore books apart, smeared page after page with their own feces and pasted them calmly over the glass portholes. The screaming promptly stopped. So did the whispering to the microphones. After three more days had passed, the researchers checked the microphones hourly to make sure they were working. Since they thought it was impossible that no sound could be coming with the five people inside, the oxygen com consumption in the chamber indicated that all five must still be alive. In fact, it was the amount of oxygen five people would consume at a very heavy level of strenuous exercise. On the morning of the 14th day, the researchers did something they said they would not do to get a reaction from the captives. They used the intercom inside the chamber, hoping to provoke any response from the captives they were afraid were either dead or vegetables? Okay. They announced, we are opening the chamber to test the microphones, so step away from the door and lay flat on the floor if, or you will be shot. Compliance will earn you one of your immediate freedom. To their surprise, they heard a single phrase and a calm voice response. We no longer want to be freed. Debate broke out among the researchers and the military forces funding the research. <clears throat> Unable to provoke any more response using the intercom, it was finally decided to open the door of the chamber at midnight on the 15th day. The chamber was flushed of the stimulant gas and was filled with fresh air and immediately voices from the microphones began to object. Three different voices began to beg, as if pleading for the life of loved ones to turn the gas back on. The chamber was opened and the soldiers sent in to retrieve the test subjects. They began to scream louder than ever, and so did the soldiers when they saw what was inside. Four of the five subjects were still alive, although no one could rightly call the state of the any of them in life. The food rations past day five had not been so much as touched. There were chunks of meat from the dead subject's thighs and chest stuffed into the drain at the center of the chamber, blocking the drain and allowing four inches of water to accumulate onto the floor. Precisely how much of the water on the floor was actually blood was never determined. All four surviving test subjects also had large portions of muscle and skin torn away from their bodies. The destruction of flesh and exposed bone in their fingertips indicated that the wounds were inflicted by hand, not with teeth, as the researchers had initially thought. Closer examination of the position and angles of the wounds indicated that most, if not all of them, were self-inflicted. The abdominal organs below the ribcage of all four test subjects had been removed. 
While the heart, lungs, and diaphragm remained in place, the skin and most of the muscles attached to the ribs had been ripped off, exposing the lungs through the rib cage. All the blood vessels and organs remained intact. They had just been taken out and laid on the floor, fanning out around the evariscated but still living bodies of the subjects. The digestive tract of all four could be seen to be working, digesting food. It quickly became apparent that they were digesting that what they were digesting was their own flesh that they had ripped off and had eaten over the course of days. Most of the soldiers were Russian special operatives at the facility, but still many refused to return to the chamber to remove the test subjects. They continued to scream to be left in the chamber and alternately begged and demanded that the gas be turned back on, lest they fall asleep. To everyone's surprise, the test subjects put up a fierce fight in the process of being removed from the chamber. One of the Russian soldiers died from having his throat ripped out. Another was gravely injured by having his testicles ripped off and in an artery and an artery in his leg severed by one of the subject's teeth. Another five of the soldiers lost their lives if you count the one that committed suicide in the weeks following the incident. In the struggle, one of the four living subjects had his spleen ruptured as he bled out almost immediately. The medical researchers attempted to state him, but this proved impossible. He was injected with more than 10 times the human dose of, morph of a morphine duriative derivative, sorry, and still fought like a cornered animal, breaking the ribs and arm of one doctor. When Hart was seen to beat for full two minutes after he had bled out to the point there was more air in his vasculature system than blood, even after it stopped, he continued to scream and flail for another three minutes, struggling to attack everyone in reach and just repeating the word more over and over and until he became weaker and weaker until he finally fell silent. The surviving three test subjects were heavily restrained and moved to a medical facility. The two of the intact vocal cords, continuously begging for the gas demanding to be kept awake, could be heard. The most injured of the three was taken to the only surgical operating room that the facility had. In the process of preparing the subject to have his organs placed back within his body, it was found that he was effectively immune to the sedative that they had just given him to prepare him for the surgery. He fought furiously against his restraints when the anesthetic gas was brought out to put him under. He managed to tear most of the way through a four-inch wide leather strap on one wrist, even though the weight of a 200-pound soldier was holding him on that wrist as well. It only took a little more anesthetic than normal to put him under, and at the instant his eyelids fluttered and closed, his heart stopped. And the autopsy of a test subject that died on the operating table, it was found that his blood had tripled the normal level of oxygen. His muscles were, that were still attached to his skeleton were badly torn and he had broken nine bones in his struggle to be subdued. Most of them were from the force of his own muscles that had exerted on them. The second survivor had been the first of the group to, of the five to start screaming. His vocal cords destroyed, he was unable to beg or object to surgery and he only reacted by shaking his head violently in disapproval when the anesthetic gas brought near him. He shook his head, yes, when someone suggested. Reluctantly, they tried to do the surgery without anesthetic, and did not react, and he did not react for the entire six-hour procedure of replacing his abdominal organs and attempting to cover them with whatever remained of his skin. The surgeon presiding stated repeatedly that it would be medically possible should be medically possible for the patient 
to still be alive. One terrified nurse assisting the surgery stated that she had seen the patient's mouth curl into a smile several times whenever her, his eyes met hers. When the surgery ended, the subject looked at the surgeon and began to wheeze loudly, attempting to talk while struggling. Assuming that this must be something of drastic importance, the surgeon had a pen and pad fetched so the patient could write his message. It was simple. Keep cutting. The other two test subjects were given the same surgery, both without anesthetic as well, although they had to be injected with a paralytic for the duration of the operation. The surgeon found it impossible to perform the operation while the patients laughed continuously. Once paralyzed, the subjects could, not, could only follow the attending researchers with their eyes. The paralytic cleared their system in an abnormally short period of time and soon they were trying to escape from their bonds. The moment that they could speak again, they were asking for the stimulant gas. The researchers tried asking why they had injured themselves, why had they ripped out their own guts, and why they wanted to be given the gas again. The one and only response that they had received was, I, was, I must remain awake. All three subjects' restraints were reinforced and they were placed back into the chamber, awaiting determination to, as to what should be done with them. The researchers, facing the wrath of their military benefactors for having failed the stated goals of their project, considered euthanizing the surviving subjects. The commanding officer, a former KGB agent, instead saw potential and wanted to see what would happen if they were put back on the gas. The researchers strongly objected, but they were overruled. In preparation for being sealed in the chamber again, the subjects were connected to an EEG monitor and had their restraints padded for long-term confinement. To everyone's surprise, all three stopped struggling the moment it was let slip that they were going back on the gas. It was obvious that at this point, all three were putting up a great struggle to stay awake. One of the subjects that could speak was humming loudly and continuously. The mute subject was straining his legs against the leather bonds with all of his might, first left, then right, then left again for something to focus on. The remaining subjects were holding his head off the pillow and blinking rapidly. Having been the first to be wired to the EEG, most of the researchers were monitoring his brainwaves in surprise. They were normal most of the time, but sometimes flat, linked, and inexplicably. It looked as if they, he were repeatedly suffering from brain death before returning back to normal. As they focused on paper scrolling out the brainwave monitor, only one nurse saw his eyes slip shut at the same moment his head hit the pillow. His brainwaves immediately changed to that of a deep sleep, then flatlined for the last time as his heart simultaneously stopped. The only remaining subject could speak before screaming that could speak started screaming to be sealed in now. His brainwaves showed the same flat lines as the one who had just died from falling asleep. The commander gave the order to seal the chamber with both subjects inside, as well as three researchers. One of them, named Three Immediately, drew his gun and shot at the commander point blank between the eyes, then turned the gun on the mute subject and blew his brains out as well. He pointed the gun at the last remaining subject, still restrained to a bed at the remaining members of the medical and research team throughout the room. I won't be locked in here with these things, not with you, he screamed at the man strapped to the table. 
What are you? he demanded. I must know. The subject smiled. Have you forgotten so easily? the subject asked. We are you. We are the madness that lurks within you all, begging to be free at every moment in your deepest animal mind. We are what you hide from in your beds every night. We are what you sedate into silence and perilous when you go into that nocturnal haven where we cannot tread. The researcher paused, then aimed at the subject's heart and fired. The EEG flatlined as the subject's weakly choked out so nearly free that is the end of the story i hope that you guys all enjoyed it and for those that are um listening i hope that it wasn't too creepy for you this is one of my favorite stories um i really enjoy listening to this one and um i'm dedicating well, not dedicating, but I just wanted to do a little bit of a shout out to the Creepypasta website where I got this from. Um, this website is really cool if you wanted to read the stories on here. It's called 17 Terrifying Creepypastas Guaranteed to Keep You Up at Night. It's at Mashable.com. You can read it there if you want to. Um, and yeah, that's where I got most of my stories. They are free to the public and um you can read them and there should be some videos too um if you guys have any creepypastas or horror stories or any other things you want me to do just message me down below or email me um for those that i have not uh, well sorry i am not putting my email in the description because i know that some of the people listening to this i do not know so if i do not personally know you i would appreciate it if you did not email me instead just messaged at the bottom of the podcast just for safety reasons you know well i hope you all have a great day and this was a long this was a long podcast episode so hope you guys enjoy that and that's all for today have a nice um friday and i hope that you all enjoy the rest of your week bye bye